Bamboo Project Podcast starts in three, two. Welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. My name is Donovan Gray, the future $10 billion man. On the way to $10 billion, I decided that I'm going to help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself, and not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting my journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. We made different playlists for all the things we are into, and you can find all of those links in the description box below. This may be your first time here, and if it is, welcome to the family. But for everyone else who's already been here, this is chapter four, page 182. All video and audio timestamps will be in the description box below. Today's date is Friday, September 15th, and it is 11.43 a.m. All right. So. Before we get into the topics of the day, we always start off with screen time. That is with me and my beautiful, phenomenal, amazing girlfriend. Check our phone and we see how much time we have given to it last week. And I'm actually curious for myself how my last week has gone. So let's check it out. Okay, so last week, every day, I spent an average of seven hours and 47 minutes on my phone each day and my lowest usage day was friday and saturday which is it was extremely low that's kind of crazy that it was so low it was four hours and 56 minutes and then it was four hours and 33 minutes what was friday did i edit the vlog on friday i did fake edit on friday and then i don't know what happened saturday I just had the craft here because on sunday i was on my phone for eight hours so i don't like it's very different than saturday Mm. So, my most used app last week was X, which is Pornhub slash Twitter. Then YouTube for, oh, that, X was 11 hours and 43 minutes. Then it was YouTube for 9 hours and 20 minutes. And then that camera for 7 hours and 6 minutes. Instagram is down to 1, 2, 3, 4, to number 5 on the list that's great that's great i picked up my phone on average whoo nine on average 98 times per day which is less than 100 that's amazing my first use app after pickup was mail then square then instagram all right baby girl what was your screen time like last week so last week on average i spent five hours and 39 minutes on my phone which is down 29 percent from the week before I spent 10 hours on Instagram, five hours on Gmail, four hours on messages, three and a half hours on TikTok. Um, what else? I pick up my phone on average 151 times per day. Uh, my first use app after pickup is Gmail, then messages, then Instagram, then music. So my highest usage day was Tuesday, which is Instagram for two hours. That's kind of crazy. What was I doing on Instagram for two hours and 10 minutes? Let me see, what time of the day is this? 6 a.m. Oh, that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, most of my screen time is in the morning between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. Then it goes down for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. Most of my screen time is literally in the morning, like very early in the morning. I'll be on my phone. That's interesting. So if I'm not on my phone, what I do is I'll get up and get on my phone immediately. Like I'm on my phone. I wake up at maybe like five o'clock and I'll be on my phone till like eight. Mm -hmm. 
that's three hours of just phone time. And I'm like, if my average for the day is seven hours, that means that for the other, I could I could reduce that by like two or three hours by not being on my phone in the morning. What's your most usage? What time of the day do you use your phone the most? So for the subscriber check on the candle channel, we are currently at 541 subscribers and on our main channel, we are at, oh, they changed it. That's stupid. We are at 6,608 total subscribers. All right, guys. All right, let's get into the podcast this week. We had some good podcasts. This is like the third one. Two in a row we had was a lot of fun. This one's going to be it's going to be a fun one. Oh man. All right. So guys, it is official. It is official. We did not think we would be here where we are at right now. Like I said it before, we did not see ourselves being here okay we had planned to do honestly if we're being completely honest we had planned to be doing grand uh artisan fleece williamsburg every weekend for the whole year right we had also planned to be doing by this time artisan fleece chelsea which is the seven day one every single week until the rest of the year we were that the plan was for us to be doing that by like june and i mean in the beginning of the year that was a plan right so i'm not even sure where to really uh begin this story i guess you know i'll tell you about the artisan flea situation we were on a membership every single month right in the beginning of the month, we had to pay all of it up front. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and over the last couple of weeks or months, actually, I'm going to give you a number because I haven't like looked looked at this. So I want to see how much we've been making at Williamsburg every single uh, month for the last like eight or nine months. So in August. Wow. In August of 2023, we did three thousand nine hundred and thirty-five dollars at Artisan Fleas. Right. In July, we did three thousand four hundred and eleven dollars at Artisan Fleas. In June, we did four thousand seven hundred and forty-five dollars at Artisan Fleas. In May, we did $4,964 in Artisan Fleas. In April, we did $4,790 in Artisan Fleas. In March, we did $3,969. And then in February, we did $5,689. And then in January, we did $5,155. All of that totals up to $36,658 for Artists and Fleas. Now, beautiful, phenomenal, amazing girlfriend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we started the membership? In March. In March. Uh, well, it would be, it's every four months, right? So if we go backwards right now into October, so it will be one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Right. And we only did two. We did two? We did two before. We're only this is our third one. We're in. This is our second one. We're 
One, two, three, four. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So, as y'all can tell, right? Because this is, here's the crazy part. This is, this is how crazy this would be if this is really the case. Because, oh, my chest hurts. I want to swing at everything. We were doing over $5,000 a month. It did it in January and in February at in Williamsburg, right? The month that we got the membership in March, we dropped from $5,600 to $3,900. And then from there, we never crossed $5,000. We were close in May, and we never crossed it again for the rest of the year. Not one time did we cross it, right? Now, one thing that happened when we got the membership is they moved us from a good location to an awful location. They put us back into Siberia in the middle of nowhere in this little tiny inty beanty little spot right that could have it seems that could have affected our our uh sales i can't see january being busier january and february being busier than all the other months i can't see that being a thing was it really though or were we just in a better spot i think it was busier i feel like you sure why do you think it was busier like we didn't have the same issue that we kind of have where it's like oh wow like it's really slow here. i don't i don't think it was that slow because i remember thinking like oh it's supposed to drop off and it didn't really get slow till like yeah until march let me see where is uh and i think it was still valentine's day and stuff like that that people were still shopping for so let's see in 2023 sales wise well i mean we were doing smaller candle sales but even with that we still were doing a lot yeah we were doing like 30 sales a day like pretty consistently like pretty consistently we we're doing like 20 something sales per day i'm gonna do the average of sale amount from then until we started doing the seven ounce candles okay so on average we did 2,000 sales in that time period um on average we had 22 sales per day before we added the seven ounce candles, okay? So from July 1st to now, we did, we averaged 11 sales a day. That's crazy. I heard 11 sales, that's crazy. You heard we averaged before? 30. 22. 20, so yeah, it's like half. It's half, half the amount of sales. Ha huh? Double right, exactly. So, so yes, we pretty much <laughs> halved. We were doing half the amount of sales per day, per uh, weekend or whatever. So that just gives an idea of kind of what we experienced. We are paying fourteen hundred dollars to seventeen hundred dollars per month to be there, right? And if our sales got cut in half, or our sale transaction amount got cut in half then it's kind of like it's it's a lot harder to afford to pay them the full amount at the beginning of the month right significantly harder so we had told them like hey we're not going to be able to cover this amount this month on like at the beginning of the month however we can do it by the 18th. We can have by the 18th, give you half, and the rest by the 31st, you'll have the full amount. 
they weren't rocking with that, right? So we said, you know what? Fine. If yeah, if that's how y'all want to treat us, that's how you guys feel about the business you guys are running. We're gonna do what's best for us. We're gonna come and sell at the fair as many times as we can until we are pretty much told we have to leave. So we did that. We got to go one more time to sell at the market. We had a decent weekend, and then the following week they said they sent us a. The following week, they sent us an email saying that they terminated our membership. And it's kind of like, and they also said in that email that they will be removing all of our stuff uh, if we don't do it ourselves. And it's kind of like, sure. It's like, at that point, it is what it is. Um, I think, I don't know who they have running it. There's a person, her name is, there's Michelle, there's a Claire, uh, and then there's like a Talia. And I, I, who we ran into at the market the day we had to go to pick up our stuff I think we know I'm going too I'm going too far ahead. I'm going too far ahead. So we were thinking to ourselves, you know what? We'll just try and continue to go as many times as we can until we got that email. Once we got the email, we were like, all right, that's it. We have to move on to a different path. We have to pivot because artisan fleet is no longer going to work for us. We would have had to borrow the money again to pay for us to do that fair and i'm gonna get to borrowing money in a little bit so was it maybe thursday comes melissa and i get ready uh we take our cart out there we go and pack up everything from the fair the cloud wall is gone the sign is gone the table is gone everything is gone space looks you know as good as it did i guess when we got it the first time so we get there right and there's all there's some weird energy going on. Now Melissa and I believe that they we have a couple of theories, right? One of the theories is we think that they see how much money we make from the fair and they just assume that we have a lot of money. I think we're fair we might be one of the younger people there, and I think that can cause resentment amongst older people and younger people who are not making that amount of money. So The people we interact with the most in terms of who we see would be like the social media people. They're about our age. They might be making $500 a week, maybe $600 a week. And then we have to submit a, a revenue report every month. So they, I'm pretty sure, my assumption is if they don't see it directly, how much we make, then somebody else who does see it will talk to them about because they all sit in the office and converse so that's one theory that we have that they kind of have some type of issue with us for that the other thing that we think is that they probably have an issue because they wanted to market the game in their emails and we had asked them not to do that they wanted to tell people not to they literally told people to come up with a, a scent guessing game like they were like yeah you guys come up with some personal things you want to do here's an idea how happy people match this i'm just like really I'm like, y'all put that in y'all email to all the people you have here selling candles, fragrances, whatever. I'm like, that's crazy that y'all would do that. So we had asked them not to do that. So we think that between those two things and then also when they wanted us to move our date to a different date and we asked, we said, no, we can't do it because we don't have the money to do it. We think that also caused some resentment amongst them. Right. So we come in the, in the fair. Right. And. Melissa got there before me. So when I got there, I, there was a person I talked to. I said, hey, to her. Uh, she seemed pretty cordial with it. Um, there was another person they hired as a new community manager. She seemed more, 
I don't know how I would describe her. She seemed like... I don't know what the word would be to describe her. Um, how would you describe Allie? That's the one that gave us the bag. Right, like she seemed like, oh God, hey, if you need anything from me, let me let me get help. Like, it it was like um, it. I didn't think about this until now. I wonder if they thought we were gonna be like aggressive. Right, that's what I. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Like, I don't care, bro. I right. I think that the feeling that I got from them was that like, we were. I don't know what's gonna happen. Right, like two black people are gonna come in here and cause a scene because of how they're acting. That's that's the vibe I got. Like, hey, okay, guys, if you want anything, just let me know. Okay, we're gonna try not to talk to them. And it's listen, it's the it's the she's not white, but it's the that's the white way of handling things. Like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do you dirty, but we don't want to actually be there when the dirt is happening. We want somebody else to do the dirt that we know is wrong, but. We can have somebody else implement it for us. Like, that's the kind of thing. And then they're like, they're scared because they know what they're doing is wrong. So they don't want to actually come in contact with you when they do the wrong thing. That's the vibe I got. Now, she didn't have the power to do anything, the person I'm talking about right now. But I think that that's the atmosphere of the brand. So the person that did have the power to do that was there. And she did exactly what I'm saying right now. She didn't say a word to us. She was trying not to look at us. She just kind of walked. She wasn't walking near us, to be honest with you. She didn't walk nowhere towards the back, nothing. And she's done that before. And it's always crazy when I see it. Well, funny enough, the other time she did it, it was when we had said we didn't want the game to be in all the marketing material. I think once we said that, she stopped like interacting with us. Right. She just kind of like, she, I remember she walked... There was nobody in the market except for us because we were leaving and we were packing up and there was no one else there. She walked right by our table and said absolutely nothing to us. Absolutely nothing. And I'm just like, damn, that's crazy. So then uh, Friday or Thursday come and she said she's walking around, not acknowledging us, not talking to us. And I'm like, all right, she's being weird. So when we left. I made a point to say like bye to her and whoever else was there and you could tell like when you when someone doesn't expect you to do something and they get caught off guard or surprised by it that's the vibe i got from her when i said bye but it's like listen i think you did some fucked up shit i think you fucked up person but it is what it is like that however you want to run your business and that's how you want to run it by all means we know as a business that's doing it the right way and trying to build a great business that we would not uh treat people that do business with us that way right we would not we wouldn't do that so i'm like all right cool it is what it is we come in there we packed up we got all our stuff we cleaned up the space melissa sweeped it up like you would not know we were there if you didn't see our stuff like there was no way if you would have came in the next day you'd be like wait was something here before like you wouldn't even know right so we go we leave and in my mind, I'm, I am annoyed by it only because of how it went down. But that's that's my emotional feeling. Too. I can't control that part of how I'm going to feel with it. I can only control how I respond and react to it. Because if I go to someone to, to, to eat a, at a restaurant, right? 
and the restaurant decides that they want to make terrible food, right? If that's how you want to run your business, that's how you want to run your business. I won't be here anymore. The food will be terrible. I would not like the food, but at the end of the day, I'm not, that's how you choose to run your business. And my assumption, you're only going to do worse in your business. That's the only thing going to happen. Now, here's the crazy part about it. I, for, I believe that she has like a Nepo baby type of situation going on in terms of either how she was raised or her relation to people that actually run the, or own the business because she doesn't actually run it. She's like the, I guess, third in command, I guess you want to call it. So... It appears that she doesn't have any personal attachment to the betterment or the growth of that business. She's like the manager. They put her in a major in a managerial role and said, "Hey, you just do this and you worry about that." Like that would be like trying to imagine. Like, imagine you a real estate person. You in real estate, you own a bunch of properties, and you hire a property manager, right? If they're getting paid, regardless of what happens to the properties. Why would they do better? They're going to do the least amount of work they could do for the most part if people are built like that. And that's it. You're going to pay them. They're going to get their rent from you. They're going to interact with the with the tenants. They're going to be shitting on the tenants all day. They're going to be, oh, you broke ass bitch. Give me the money you owe me from last week. They're going to be, you know, locking doors. Whatever thing they could do within their power, they will do because it doesn't affect their job What how they, if they're nice to you or not. It doesn't, it doesn't matter for them. So, but people that are running a business no that's not how you want to operate your business so thursday came we got everything out of there we got an uber we took all the stuff it was it was like five uh, crates high worth of um stuff in there we had the sign we had we had two signs like uh like an advertising sign and then like the logo candle sign uh we had chairs we had a table with a six foot table maybe eight foot table we had in there um and packed it all up in the uber and took it to the storage unit took that and put everything inside the unit so i would say my feelings now about the whole situation i don't really have i'm pretty apathetic towards it in terms of like viscerally how i feel when i think about it, i still think it's weird because it doesn't make sense how they went about it that's that's literally my thought process. It, just, it just does not make sense that you don't have people like on a business level people are not booking this spot so you will not lose money by us paying you late, paying you, late. you don't lose money in that way but us not being here you 100 percent lose money there's no doubt in my mind you you're not getting that money that's it and if the goal for them is to, if the goal for them is to make us pay, then they want the money. That's my that's the thing. That's my assumption, and that's if I think of how they should run a business. I don't know what their goal is for the business. I I could, I have no idea what their goal is, and if it conflicts with the person who's managing it supposed is trying to do. I have no. I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but it definitely is not congruent when you look at the actions that are being taken by the people that are in charge. It, it just doesn't make any sense. So. Uh, like I said, we're done with Artists and Fleas, uh, Chelsea and Williamsburg. They have not been uh, as lucrative as we wanted them to be. Now, 
revenue wise i guess we did okay but when it comes to profit when it comes to how much we got to keep it's very low so now we're on to our next step in the in the business right so We are heavily focusing on online, right? We're heavily, heavily going into the online space and trying to figure out what is the best avenue for us to take to move forward. So one thing I always want to do personally is I, I always want to like narrow down what we're doing because from everybody I know that's successful or in terms of when I say no, I mean just no of, not no personally. They talk about focusing on like one thing, choosing one thing and going on in on that one thing, right? Now, because of, of how we're set up, that would be somewhat difficult. I think that within our power, we have the ability to do that. What I mean by that is, yeah, I remember before when we were doing Airbnb, we were doing Turo, we were doing wholesaling, we were doing candles, we were trying to flip a house, all more or less at the same time. like pretty much the same time we're doing all of that right while having a youtube channel uh while doing a podcast and posting videos things like that we were doing a lot of different things right trying to figure out what sticks so now that we've narrowed it down to candles we have to go through the whole filter process again of like okay how do you want to sell the candle do you want to do the sell to businesses do we want to sell that craft fair do you want to sell online do you want to okay if we're going to do craft fairs and online how are we going to do it? Are we going to do one craft fair, multiple craft fairs? What kind of craft fairs? Every city, every state. What are we doing craft fair wise? It's like, okay, we'll sell online. Are we going to use Etsy? Are we going to use Instagram? Are we going to use Facebook? Are we going to use TikTok? Are we going to use Amazon fair? Like they once we figure out the place that we're going to use it on. It's like, okay, now what is the medium that we're going to use to market the candle? Are we going to do videos? Are we going to do uh, lives? Are we going to do short form content? Are we going to do long form content? Are we going to do pictures? Are we going to do GIFs or whatever? Like, and it just keeps getting down. Like it keeps coming up as what is the thing that we are going to focus on and can, and just like laser in on that because every time I think that we have narrowed it down to a thing, it, it doesn't, it's, it's more things to like, remove and focus on right um one thing that alex has said in one of his interviews is that for him he classifies focus as the amount of things that you say no to for the one thing right um and i think that most people look at focus as this thing like okay i want to focus on this wall or this uh girl i want to focus on getting money i want to focus on Facebook or something. I don't know. People pinpoint that thing and focus on that. And his idea, focus is not even focusing on that pinpoint thing. It's just making sure nothing else gets in the way of that. So you're kind of focusing on what you're just, you're trying to keep everything else out instead of only focusing on this one thing, right? And that's just something we keep running into over and over and over again. So, and also the issue I feel like that happens is when you're running a business by yourself, you have to do so many things. So we have to make the candles. We have to respond to emails. We have to respond to different opportunities that come up. We have to worry about booking craft fairs. We have to 
take pictures of the candles. We have to do videos of the candles. Uh, we have what else we have to do in the candle space? We have to come up with new products. We have to make sure that we're testing the products. Do things work? Are they doing what they're supposed to do? Is anything wrong? Do we need new labels? Do we need new wicks? Do we need new vessels? Are the vessels coming in? Like, but it's like if we're only focusing on one thing. As a business owner, it makes it difficult because there are all these things to do. It's only two of us. So that's the conundrum of running a business, right? So I think that one, an idea that I always come up with is, or it comes to my mind, is do, what's at, do what level you're at. So whatever is required at the level that we are at is what we should be doing, right? So we just hired a marketing agency. So they will be focusing on Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager, all the other stuff, and getting Google uh, product shopping up and everything else. That's for them to focus on. So now that we have somebody to focus on that, I don't have to focus on that, right? So Melissa right now is, her thing is going to be focusing on Pinterest. So one thing that we have talked about Melissa and I is our differences in our personalities, right? It is, we have a lot of differences and I think we have a lot of similarities too, but I think our differences are so much, they're so opposite of each other that they stand out even more. So one thing that Melissa will do is she will do a lot of different things. She'll look up like 10 different uh, funding opportunities. She'll look at 10 different platforms to post on. She'll look at 10 different fairs to go to. And that's her thing. She'll spend her time like going from, okay, should I go to this fair, this fair, this fair, this fair, this fair, whatever, right? My thing is, I'm like, okay, I want to go as deep as possible into the thing. So what'll happen is Melissa will jump from thing to thing and not go deeply on the thing. I will go deeply in the thing, even if it becomes a detriment to whatever we're doing. So I'm like, okay, if we're going to do turnstile, right? I'm going to make it work. If the goal is to do turnstile, then we're going to do that and we're going to make it work no matter what happens, right? Melissa will go, well, it's not working anymore. Let's do something else. That's, I don't like how it's going. Let's do it. Let's try something else over here, right? And they both have their pros and cons to it. So when it comes to Pinterest, I'm like, listen, for you, focus on just Pinterest because she was kind of doing like TikTok and I'm going to get into a convo that we had, I had with somebody this week about TikTok um, and it just, at, for Melissa, it was like, okay, pick a thing and then stick to that thing because like I said earlier, we're trying to narrow everything down to what do we focus on because I already know that anything we do can work as long as we just do the thing consistently. Because we're going to do it, we're going to get better at it, we're going to iterate, and we're going to get to the next level of it and go, okay, this is what I learned last month. Now, going forward, I'm going to learn this, and I'm going to just compound those things until I get to a point where I'm successful at this platform. But it's going to take time, and going from thing to thing is does is not uh, conducive to compounding the things that are learned in that time period. So... Her thing right now will be Pinterest, only Pinterest, right? My thing, I still, it's, it's difficult for me because I want to focus on one thing, right? It, but I, I don't know. I, maybe y'all could tell me. What would, if y'all were in my position, what would you guys do? So right now, my focuses are the, the vlogs on the Candle channel, right? The podcast on this channel. 
Instagram and I would probably say the website. And then those are I thought like those are my those are my things. Right? So I have this idea for short form content I think will really work. I talked to it about I've talked with y'all about it before in terms of the candles. I think that a way for us to get a lot of sales from the candles is to build the awareness through the formula that I've seen work on TikTok. The formula that I see work is you take a thing. Like let me see, you take a you take an action, right? And then you add variables to that action. That's it. But you take one action and then you just multiply by different variables. So I'll give you some examples of that. Y'all know the car guy, uh, David something another. He goes up to people, he goes up to people in their car and he'll say, hey, I love your car. How much did you pay for it? And the guy will say, I paid $500,000 for it. He'll say, what do you do? Oh, I'm a crypto guru, right? The action is going up to people's cars and asking how much it costs and asking how much it makes, how much they make, right? Or what they do, excuse me. The variable is different cars and different people, right? So every person will have a different response than the last person. And because there are two different questions he's asking, he's asking how much did the car cost, right? That's one variable. Then he's asking, what do you do for a living? It's a different variable. So now you have one, the variable is the car, the variable is the cost, and the variable is how much that person, or what that person does for a living. Those are three variables, and the one action is going to a car asking the question. Another example is, there's a guy I might have seen on TikTok. Have you seen this guy before? The, the running guy? He's always running? Maybe. So, he, his action is running. He just runs. But the variable is what he's running in. So he'll be wearing a chicken suit this day. Then he'll be baking eggs another day. Then he'll be writing a, a dissertation the second, the third day. Then he'll be juggling the fourth day. But the action is, I'm running, doing something crazy. I'm running as fast as I can, doing something crazy, whatever. He'll run in clown shoes. He'll do all types of stuff that he'll run in, right? That does very well. Another person I've seen, they do... Um, it's the same formula. They do, uh, he goes fishing in lakes or like random rivers or something like that, right? He has this big magnet thing that he uses. He throws it in the water and tries to fish something out of the water with the magnet. What is the action? Fishing. What's the variable? Whatever I get out the water, right? It could be a bike today. It could be a, a coin the next day. It could be a pen. It could be an exclusive phone. It could be all types of things you get out of the thing because you click on it because you're like, oh, I know what to expect when I see this person, but I don't know what to expect is going to come out of the water, right? So the last person I'll, I'll give you all for this and even, right, another person, you remember, you know, Kobe, the, the African guy, I think he's African. Um, he does the, the, the thing where he points at both his hands, both hands, you go like this, right? The action is him doing the double hand thing. The variable is whatever in the world is happening that he does that too. It could be somebody falling. Uh, he was doing it before the thing that was very obvious. So like someone would say, oh my God, I can't, my favorite, this is my favorite one that he would do. Uh, he would 
had it would. <laughs> I don't even know how to even explain it. He's pretty much calling out how crazy it is for somebody to record certain instances and acting like it's a real instance. So, like someone's on the floor pretending to drown, right? And then someone's having a camera recording them, and then he'll show like, "This is crazy!" Like you could just put the camera down and save the person, but you're recording them. So he does a lot of things like that. Where he just calls out very obvious things. But the point is, the formula is still the same. The formula is you have an action. And then you multiply the action by all the variables that, that can be attached to that action. So for us, the action would be asking people to smell the candle, right? Now, the variables are the kind of candle it is, right? The kind of person we ask, what they say about the candle, in terms of what it smells like. Then we can add in other candles, compare our candle to that candle, right? And it just, the variables go along. The variables go on and on and on because the person will click on it knowing the person going to smell a candle. They already know that, but they don't know what their response will be. That's it. And that's, for me, what I have seen to be the most uh, successful thing on TikTok because you can do it multiple times for your channel as opposed to having to come up with something completely unique every single time. Well, it is unique, but like having to do something very different every single time because on TikTok, they don't care about your your uh your feed in terms of what's on your personal profile nobody cares about that so if somebody comes to your page though they can scroll and see like oh i want to watch this i want to watch that i want to watch this because they already know what they're going to get okay on youtube it's kind of different in a sense where you might post a vlog of you walking down the street you might post a prank video you might post uh get ready with me you might post a cooking video and it's like that's cool that's cool on youtube you can do that on youtube on tiktok that's not gonna fly. If I come to your page for cooking videos, that's how I found you. All I wanna see is cooking videos. I wanna see you humping the chicken. I wanna see you massaging the beef sexually. That's all I, I don't wanna see nothing about your kids and your family unless they're cooking with you. I don't wanna see none of that, right? So that's what I think will work for TikTok. Now, if I bring it back to what I was saying before, is focusing on one specific thing. I'm not sure if I should take that idea to TikTok and focus on that, or if I should do that same idea on YouTube Shorts. I, as I say it, it's better on TikTok, but I don't do TikTok. That's not, I gave you things I do earlier. I said I do Instagram, I do the website, and uh, there was one other one I think I said I was doing. I forgot. I forgot what it was. But honestly, it probably will be TikTok. Even much as I despise TikTok, uh, it's something I will probably end up doing. You could post on both platforms. Right. I, I, but I'm thinking if I had to learn a platform, so let's just say that I'm doing t I'm doing Instagram, right? If I learn what works on Instagram and I post on TikTok, it will they will fail. The video is, will will probably fail. Now, the reason why I would uh do TikTok because I feel like if it does well on TikTok, it'll do well on Instagram. I don't think it goes the other way around. Do you agree with that? Um, if it does well on TikTok, it'll do well on Instagram. Mm hmm Yeah, pretty much. I feel like the other way, it doesn't work. I feel like if I make a fire video on Instagram and post on TikTok, it don't mean it's going to be... <laughs> it's not, not going to take off. Right. So, uh, so, like I said, so that's why I would probably focus... And Melissa, I could post on both. And I know what she's saying, but I'm talking to people who are out there in terms of 
I would focus on TikTok and then post that on Instagram, right? So that would be my Instagram content. And honestly, I think for right, as I'm thinking, I'm thinking out as I'm doing this with y'all. So Instagram would be, would that be our funnel? I guess maybe like the second part of the funnel. So I think that's, I, I like that. I like that. Okay. So my top half of the funnel would be TikTok. Your top half of the funnel would be Pinterest. So we would be funneling them to Instagram or to the website. I feel like the Instagram because I feel like people buy from our Instagram. Mm-hmm. So then we would, that would be the next part of the funnel. Then it would be taking them to the website. Well, I don't know because for Pinterest, it's just a different platform. Mm-hmm. So they may be ready to buy. So mm. for me, I think I would have to funnel them to, to just based off of what the guy said, mm-hmm. um, that works at Pinterest, I, I would probably have to funnel them straight to the product. Mm. See, and that's the thing I was... And make the product page better. Right. Now, that's what I was saying to y'all earlier, where it's like every platform requires something different. So it's just like trying to figure, like doing multiple platforms is crazy because they all put different weights on different things. So Melissa was watching this video yesterday. She learned in Pinterest, right? They were saying that views don't matter on Pinterest. They were saying that likes don't matter on Pinterest. They said, we want to see people save your pin. Everything else is irrelevant. If they save your pin, your, your website or your page is doing well, right? On TikTok, well, everybody kind of changes now, but on TikTok, Honestly, I don't even think views matter on TikTok. I think that's irrelevant. I think for TikTok, it's likes. I don't know. What do you think? I think something know. else? I think it's shares. Shares? Really? I guess it, I guess it depends on what the thing is too, but for lives, for sure it's shares. For lives? Huh, interesting. So, right. So, I'm saying it's always trying to. I think that in the last couple of years, they all kind of went down the same path. So, it's, it's hard to distinguish. But before, YouTube used to be subscriber based, grow your subscribers. Then, uh, it used to be likes on Instagram, right? How many likes can your video, your picture get, or whatever? Um, and then I feel like it started going to views. But now, I think the majority metric for these social media platforms in terms of Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok is watch time. It's is somebody clicking and is somebody watching. I think that to me is the most important metric for them because people are staying on your platform. One thing I found interesting that Melissa said, or not said, but had watched yesterday is that they don't, Pinterest doesn't really care as much if you leave the platform. Yeah, they care. They, I think it's because they know like you found what you're looking for on this website. So if you go and buy because of this website, you're gonna come back here and buy. Like I also don't think Amazon is like is is optimized for you to stay on the platform. Like I think they're like we're trying to optimize you to buy something from this platform and come back and buy something again. But we don't need you on here all day. Like if you on here, if we if they had the the usage time of a TikTok. That would not mean they're gonna get sales. Like it's because you're honest, you're just scrolling on here all day. That would be how people are on Zillow, right? That's funny enough. That's that's Zillow. Uh, people with no money are on Zillow every day 
trying to look at houses they know they're never going to be able to afford. They're looking at $14 million houses, $20 million houses, houses in a different state, in a different country. And my people. Yes, you people. They are never going to buy these houses. And I and that's, Zillow doesn't optimize for you to be on the platform. They optimize for people who are going to buy and getting them to buy. And I think that Amazon is the same and I think that TikTok is opposite. So, now on to somewhat, or to my segue into my next situation. I had spoken with a guy recently. Uh, he, it's just crazy. He had emailed us from the podcast, I think, maybe like earlier in the year, like in the end of last year. And he sells natural care products. And he was saying that he has done this TikTok strategy that has been making him ridiculous amounts of money. Like, ridiculous. Oh, looking for something else. And I said, you know what? I'm going to hit him up. I'm going to hit this guy up. I'm going to see what he thinks. He has said, hey, you know, if you need any, have any questions, let me know, whatever. I said, you know what? I'm going to take you up on that offer. Mind you, this is like eight months later. So I texted him. He responded in seconds. Like, all right, hey, you know, it's cool. What's up? We could do the, I can call you like 1 p.m. I'm like, all right, great. We were on the phone for, I don't know, maybe an hour, two hours talking. And it was a great conversation that I had with him. He told me that, this is, this is, this is crazy to me. He said he started doing TikTok, right? Started doing TikTok. And in the beginning of the year, he started it. Was not on TikTok before, not really posting anything like that. His natural care product does... $50,000 a month on TikTok. So from just TikTok, the TikTok shop, his product does $50,000 per month. That is not including his website or anything else. It's just on TikTok. He's doing 50K a month. So I'm like, Lord have mercy. That is an obscene amount of money. And if I could even, if we could even, if we could match what we were doing at the fair on TikTok, I'd be great. If we could do, if we were doing $3,000 a month right now from TikTok shop, I would be in heaven because it would be less than a fair, but we get to keep $2,000 of it. If not more, let me see. It was 3,000, 3,000 kind of low, but uh, 3,000 times 70%, we would keep $2,100. Right, that we get to keep that money, so that means that at the end of the month, we will have two thousand dollars to allocate to whatever we have to pay for, and we will not have any ridiculously high expenses to pay for because we're not paying for that fare, right? So, and that's if we're doing the low end, I mean, but you know what? That's that is I've been here before, I remember what happened with Chelsea, they were like, Oh, we're gonna make X amount of dollars, and then I say, Oh, on the low end, we can make 500, and then we go there and make two, so. If we could make, if we could make some money from TikTok, that would be great. Because then we could learn how it works and make more money. I'm not putting a number on. We just want to make some money from TikTok and and iterate and build on that. So he was telling me his strategy that he uses to get the to get sales on TikTok and what they do. And I'm like, all right, that's something I could do. I guess. I guess. I guess I could do that. I guess I could try to do that. I'm just, I might just have to do TikTok live and just do like TikTok stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I think they have a lot of, t- like, TikTok, in my opinion, is probably the closest thing, social media platform to Shopify. 
in terms of what? The back end, the analytics, the different. Oh really? I didn't know. They, I didn't know they had analytics like that for its shop. footage from your live that's the most views and cut it into clips for you to then post on the platform to invite more people to watch your live. That's like crazy. it's very they are they are doing everything that they Listen. can on the back end. So there's like a ton of things to take advantage of. So here's the thing that I also want to start doing and I, I'm trying to like it's a lot of beliefs that I have and frameworks that I try to operate by and one of them is working with companies that are good companies. And good doesn't mean big or anything. It just, you can you can tell when a company is trying to be a good company. Like we're trying to make this thing better. Like I can't. I don't think that anybody looks at Instagram and goes, "Yeah, man, they are really trying to make Instagram better." No, I don't think pe- people look at uh, TikTok and go like Melissa. Melissa people. Melissa is raving about TikTok. The guy I talked to is raving about TikTok. People on a regular basis rave about TikTok, right? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. It's invasive, but it's like a really good invasive. <laughs> it's invasive. Like that's the that's people's people's main problem with TikTok is that there's silly information. Bro, so here's the funny thing. I remember early in the year, I'm like, yeah, they should ban TikTok. Well, I didn't. I didn't really care. I thought it'd be funny if they did. But I'm like, if I make it 50k a month on TikTok, you better not ban that shit. <laughs> you better not. I will be at the at the at the uh, at the office like, sir, I have a petition. I you should keep it. Is my good, what is what they call it when you have a good letter of recommendation, whatever. I'm going to write that. Listen, I love TikTok. My name is Donovan Graham from the Bronx. I grew up in there. I live in Queens now. You said what? You just like, do not ban them. Right. Please do not ban them. I have a family that I support with my money from TikTok. Right. Please don't do this. You you are hurting the lives of small businesses, you know. Um, but that's, 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 when, but that's when I'm using it as a producer and not a consumer. Right. So we're going to see how that goes. Uh, what was I saying, though, about, oh, yes, using, working with good companies, right? I, I really want to just work with people that you can tell they're trying to make it better. Between Squarespace and Shopify, it could be me, but I don't hear nobody talk about Squarespace. I don't, but everyone raves about Shopify. And Shopify, like, the, my only issue with Shopify is it's not cute. Just make it cute. But do, do you mean it is cute? It don't be cute. You, you make it cute. Sure, but I feel like, I feel like, like you said, I have to make it cute. Like, Squarespace comes to me cute. Like, it's cute from jump. Right. To make it well, sure. Well, then, yes. Yes, you do have to put some work in. Right. So, that's just my only thing with, with Shopify. But, like you said, I think Shopify, the back end is amazing, though. It's amazing. I've only heard good things about it. It integrates with everything. That is everything's go to to integrate with integrate with the shipping company we use. It integrates it with YouTube. Like it would just be easier as a to to, to use. And then they also give. I want to see this so bad. Once you start really making sales, they give you a counter, mm. and then you can see the sales going up on the counter automatically. Like, I want that so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, that on our list. We're gonna ship. We're gonna switch to Shopify. So Official? yeah. It's, it has been done. It has been put into action. I don't, who is their payment processor? I know. I know they Squarespace uses Stripe. I feel like I don't know. They have their own processor. They probably do. The Shopify processor. So what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah. So that is 
what we're probably gonna do with with that we're gonna switch over to shopify because like i said i really just i should make a little book of all the things that i feel like i should operate by and just turn it into something right uh you know it'd be funny <laughs> i think that'd be like a funny book like if if in the book it's in my handwriting and then it's also like scratched out like okay i think that i should live by this rule and then like you go back and check and it's scratched out it's like yep that one no longer applies to me anymore i don't do i don't do that one um so that's kind of where we are with the online sales <sighs> yeah like I said, i'm just i'm just thinking about everything that we are experiencing uh, another framework that has come up recently guys is y'all gonna love this one y'all gonna love this one is no more debt right now that's the basis of it. that's a foundation now how it gets implemented you know it might change it to very little amounts of debt or in my head earlier today i was thinking like only have enough debt that i can pay off in cash at any at any given time so if i have more debt than i have in cash i shouldn't i, I shouldn't have more debt than i have in cash right um so still playing with the idea here's how that idea came up I was watching a Dave Ramsey interview with Alex Ramosi, and they were talking about debt and, and different things like that. One of the questions that Alex, he was actually interviewing Dave Ramsey, uh, Alex had asked Dave, if you could go back to your 40-year-old self or 40 years ago, what is something that you would tell yourself then? And Dave said that he would go for singles and not go for home runs, right? And when I heard that, I'm like, okay, I, I've already kind of been leaning in that direction because I'm definitely a home run hitter. I'm going for home runs because I'm like, if I got stack enough home runs, I can get to where I want to get to faster, right? That's how my brain operates. So he said that whenever he thinks that someone is calling for a home run, it never turns to a home run. Whatever the deal is, it's never a home run deal. Whenever they think it is, like it just never like that call never comes. And Alex had lived his his life somewhat the same way, where it's a lot of incremental iterations and singles, and not doubles, triples, or whatever. And every once in a while, you might get a double, maybe. But I think that when it comes to a home run, I think there are home runs for other people who are not there. So. If you guys don't know Alex's story. He had came from doing like gym turnarounds. He would fly out to your place. He would uh, be able to sign up a bunch of people to get into your gym. And then he would get paid from that. Right. That was his 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 model. And when it stopped working because someone had took all the money from him. He was telling people like, listen, guys, I'm, I'm I am shutting this down. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm that's not happening. And one guy has said, hey, man, listen, you don't have to come out here. Just pay me oh no he said just send it to me and i'll pay send, tell me what you're doing and i'll do it myself and alex was like i don't really want to do this but fine i'll give you the material uh six thousand dollars the guy said done and alex was just shocked because he said that he thought of the highest number he could think of at the time was six grand for one transaction and the person said yeah sure i'll do that right now 
And he was like, wait a minute. So he had to call a bunch of people that day to let them all know he was going to cancel the plan that they have going on. And each person, he told the same thing. Like, hey, I'm shutting it down, whatever, whatever. And they were like, hey, can I buy it from you? And he was like, yeah, 8000 then 10000 and twelve. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it even got up to like thirty k or whatever. But that was that was what he did. Now, that's a home run, right? You would think that's a home run. If I said to Melissa right now, hey, babe, I'm, I just got a $30,000, right? She would be like, wow, my God, that's amazing, right? If I told Melissa that I've been wholesaling for the last six years, I've been doing 1000 a month, then 2000 a month, then 3000 a month, then 4000 a month, then 5000 a month, then I got to 25 and I'm talking about like in increments of 1000 and then in 2 years I'm like, "Hey babe, I just did 30k on one transaction." To her it would not be a home run. She's like, "Yeah, you did 29k last month." So like, yeah, 30k to this month is not crazy. I'm like, "Yeah, but to you guys, you would see it and go, whoa, oh my God, he did $30,000 in one transaction. That's insane. Oh my, I wanted, that's a crazy, I want to do that, right? And that's the problem that I have had for my within myself is I want to go for the home run. So what I do is I always try to punch up. I try to punch above my weight, right? Now, the problem with that is, and it's something else that came up in the Dave Ramsey interview, because I'm not ready or in a position to do those things, I take on risk, right? Now, risk can manifest itself in different ways in terms of, okay, I want to get this deal closed. I'm going to find a house outside of the state. I'm looking at, I'm look at a house online that I've never been to in a different state because there's a possibility I can make 30K or 40K in two months, right? Or five months, whatever the number was. Uh, that's, that is part of the risk, right? That is just the, I don't know what I would call it, a real life risk. So now I don't know what the house really looks like. I don't, I've never been to the house, right? I can't get to the house easily something happens to it these are all the risk factors now the other risk factors is even a bigger risk is the price that it costs financially the actual physical money monetary price for it if the house requires me to put up forty thousand dollars i don't have forty thousand dollars now i didn't have it back then so i would raise the money from friends and family to be able to buy the house right whatever the closing cost would be and construction everything else now i've taken on more risk because now I, not only do i have a house outside of the state that i booked on online that I, it takes hard for me to get to I'm I, now I'm hiring a guy to do it because I'm trying to I am trying not to pay even more money, which then incurs more risk because I'm working with somebody that doesn't have the experience or the yeah I would say the experience of building that kind of house right. And I, by experience I mean what I needed, not that he didn't know what he was doing, just that I didn't have. I needed someone that would be five times as good as he was because I was so much lower on the level of. Um, understanding of what was happening so if you're two levels above me then you can yeah you know more than i do but i need someone that's going to be like listen donovan you need to do all of this stuff because of this 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 and this as opposed to 
Yeah, I could do that. I could build a house. Yeah, yeah, sure. I could do that. I could put up trial. Yeah, I know I know I do that. I could do it. Like I don't need that. So what happens a lot of time is I take on that risk because I'm punching up. So Melissa and I were having this conversation in the car on the way back uh yesterday when we were coming back from the artisan fleece thing, right? And one thing I told her, which I might also said on the podcast, is the house was a test for me, right? The house was a test. And even, y'all may even regularly remember this too. The $500,000 number was also a test. I don't, do you remember that at all? I remember, I never told Melissa this as far as the house. Well, when it happened and I had to throw it and tell her. That I always have these peaks and valleys in my life. Usually financially, right? I'm really good and I'm all in the, at the bottom. Then I'm really good. Then I'm always at the bottom. Then I'm really good and I'm always at the bottom. Then I'm really good and I'm always at the bottom. So I'm like, you know what? I think I know what the problem is. I think it's me trying to punch up. I don't know if that's what it is, but I have a feeling that it could be that. And I say, you know what? The house will be my indicator of whether or not that is the case. When we bought the house at the time, I think Melissa and I probably had combined we had maybe 40k in debt that's between both of us in debt? yeah you think it was that come like you had the school loan no no that's like 20k that's not real debt but that's what I'm, that's, that's that's what i'm saying i'm adding that in there nah, so but I, so she had a school debt that's like 20. that's yes yeah, like 20k but it's also like not they're not asking for the money like it's just what's that word for for Forbearance. forbearance right it's just sitting there they're not really pressing her for it or whatever i maybe had a couple credit cards that might have been like out of eight thousand dollar credit limit on one card i might have been i might have used like three or something like that like it was pretty like it was low for the most part right that was before we bought the house so we maxed out our credit cards 401ks everything that we all the money that we had in our account all the cash we had we took that and put it into the house right as of today now this number is is a is a soft number i'm not sure the exact number but i would say in total we like and when i say in total i'm talking about every single person that we owe money to across the board across the entire board <laughs> we're probably at like 200 some thousand dollars in debt like, it's probably more than that. it's probably close to three i don't think it's three how you get three how you get three we owe this building like 50. Right. I add them in there. So we owe this building 50. Okay. Let me hold on. Wait, let me, let me hold on. Wait. 50 to the building. Uh huh. There's 80. For. Give me exact numbers. Can't do. Give me like. 80 is like what we owe to every, um, uh, personal. But now, nah, give me like give me each person. I'm going to add the person. Each person? Right. I don't remember how much each person is owed. Okay. So I know it's. My mom and my sister's 2750. So plus 27. Thousand five hundred, right? Then Tori's another twenty-seven thousand five hundred, twenty-seven five hundred. Uh, then the fairy godmother is another twenty, so plus twenty. Um, that's okay. And then is anybody else in there? Oh my, my aunt, so plus ten, right? Okay. Um, uh, and then okay, it's another. So that that's the house right there. That's everybody in the house. Okay. Right now we're at 135. And then we also owe we also owe uh the actual house. 
Oh, right, right. The actual loan on the house. Right. So, yeah. The actual loan on the house. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, plus <laughs> 167500 Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We already got the building, right? Sheesh. This building? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the car. Sheesh. What's, what's, what's number for that? that? That might be like 15. Plus 15. Uh. Okay. And that's before we get to, like, credit card debt. Mm-hmm. I think credit card-wise, I may have... Thirty. Mm, okay. Plus thirty. Okay. Uh, what else we got going on? She looking kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. There's uh. There's Bill. Uh. uh oh, I, I didn't add that, but yeah. So plus, um. Let's. I just. I'm gonna put the exact the total number. So five thousand. Mm-hmm. Tim. That's plus three. Uh. Thirty three, fifteen, fifteen. So put yeah, plus thirty five hundred, plus thirty five. Mm-hmm. Uh trying to think. I think mm-hmm. I already got but yeah, keep <laughs> this is crazy. This number is crazy. I that's all I know off the top of my head. Alright, so I got I got some more. I got some other ones. Right. So we got Kiva. Right, there's Kiva. So that's, I'm going oh, to put six right. on it. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, you already done. My turn, my turn. So plus six <laughs> for Kiva. Mm-hmm. Then we got the, the one from Square was how much? Lord, that's like. It was like eight or ten. Eight. So plus eight for them. But we already started We'll just put all the numbers together. So that's eight. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Uh, we have Kiva, Create Your Maker. Right. So that's, put that, right now it's at five. Nah. Oh, sure. Right. Then, then the other one was what, 15? Right. So plus 15. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, we owe you line. Okay, so plus two hundred. Uh, trying to think what else. Mm, 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 mm. I mean, we, we owe we owe uh Con Ed, which is I don't know what that I don't know what that number is, but it, okay, two thousand plus oh, twenty one hundred plus twenty one hundred. Okay, um. The merchant cash advances, technically, technically. So plus thirty, right? And then if we really like, if we going down, like we really doing an audit, audit, then it would be ten to the contractor, right? That's another ten, right? That's uh, okay. Uh, I'm missing something else. There's another one. Oh, my credit cards. So honestly, like I said, depends how deep we really going. When you count your number, were you counting uh, capital on tap? Okay, so, <laughs> so, I mean, oh yeah. Okay. So okay, I my, I had about thirty k in credit cards total. So, uh, thirty, okay, plus twenty, cause capital 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 on tap is like twenty. Okay. Um, I think that's everything. I think I know I'm forgetting something else that's that's up there. That borrow money from my mom, nephew, any family members. Uh, That's all I can think of right now. We get out the car. Oh, I mean, again, if we're going like audit, audit, we owe even more in the house because of the the fees. So that's like another. uh, Probably like. 30k 
So put that on there too. So plus thirty. See, you got the mad stuff I even think of. So like, Bruh. That's, 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 that's now <laughs> <laughs> you wanna know what's really crazy about this number? You said I think that's pretty much it. So guys, here we go. Here is the total overall number of debt that we are now in. And I mean, they're not really asking us for this, but it will also be artists and fleas. They want to say, oh, we owe us money for the next month. So in the beginning of the year, in the beginning before we bought the house, we had owed maybe 20,000 between both of us. Between both of us. Okay. As of today, September 15th, Friday, September 15th. Damn, she's even more. At 1.04 p.m. I'm forgetting another one. I'm forgetting that the, my, my, they closed too much, my Chase accounts. Because it was, it, it was old money. It's closed. You don't owe no money no more. Nah, that's not how that works. You still owe the money, but they just not gonna, they might not pursue it, but you still owe the money. So I guess I'm just saying, I'm just saying all the things that we owe money to, but we are currently at. Lloyd, I feel like I'm gonna take my guess. <laughs> you oh, want, it has to be at least, it has, I said three, right? Yeah. So I feel like it's actually. Okay. So we are at Yeah, so, ah, man, so yes, $498,800. The thing I thought was funny was the goal for this year was 500K. 500K. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, so that is, that is the amount of money that we owe across everything that we could think of now give or take maybe a thousand or three like either way it's over 450 over four nine like it's not like it's saving that much off um so right that's where we at with loans Ooh. i mean sure yeah what are you gonna say I mean, listen, I'm just saying, you're right. We don't have, there There are loans that they're not asking for no more, that in terms of the law, we're not required to pay anymore, things like that, but. What we're, what we're, what we're liable to paying. Like, we, even even then, I don't even know, the, I don't even know if that's true. I'm like, like I said, if you write off the loan, I mean, a credit card, I don't think we have to pay it no more. I think it's just, so, but either way, that's that's where we're at. So like I said, if y'all want to really be, you know, be sticklers about it. Bro, I thought about it. Uh, you could bring it down to I don't know 400 if you feel nice. If you're feeling like, oh man, what about the credit card? You got to you have to pay off no more. Fine, we owe 400k in debt. Okay, whatever number, but it's close to that. Uh, so I said that's kind of where we are at now. Here's how I was because like I said it's, it's going to be a good long podcast. Uh, the the Dave Ramsey and Alex Ramsey podcast have brought up debt. And I think they both are debt free. I think Alex pays for everything in in cash, and I think Dave might also do the same thing now, possibly. He brought up this point where he said that people don't calculate debt 
or people don't calculate risk and loans in their industries the same way that people who do stocks do like how they calculate it right so what he was saying is and i want you to know this is a very rudimentary understanding of what he said but i got the basis of it how it the intricacies of it work i don't understand because he gave a formula and i couldn't even i was staring at the screen so hard and i could not follow what formula he was saying but i got what he was i got the overall you know context clues he was saying that when you okay he was saying that people calculate interest and loans like this they go okay uh i owe um I'm going to borrow a thousand dollars at two at a 8% interest. No, I'm going to borrow a thousand dollars at 2% interest, right? On that thousand dollars, I'm going to make 8% interest. So that means that I subtracted 2% interest from that. I owe on from the eight that I'm going to make, I'm left with 6% interest. And that's what my, that's what my take home is, right? He said that most people in real estate and business is how they, that's how they calculate their returns. He said, off top, off rip, no, these are my words. You not even account for taxes and insurance. So just off top, you're not getting 6%. Just off of the top of the top, you're not getting 6 You're probably down to like three, maybe even less than that, right? Honestly, if you shit, well, it's thirty percent of whatever you make. So whatever that percentage, you're taking thirty percent. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you take off another two percent of it, right? Then he said you're not accounting for the outside factors and risk that play into whatever decision you're trying to make. He said that whenever you have risk, you are always multiplying by zero. And over a long enough time horizon, if you keep multiply, like if you multiply number by zero, it's gonna be zero. And like it's just how it goes because you're multiplying by a negative number, you're gonna always end up back at negative. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but if you keep borrowing and borrowing, at some point you will have to multiply by zero and you will have nothing. And that's for me is what I internalized when he was when I said earlier about having the super highs and the super lows because the risk and this is what i always find interesting about risk is that it's not financial it's very amorphous is where i've been trying to but when i tell you this word i have had the word in my head for like seven eight years and i could not think of the word the word is amorphous okay without a clearly defined shape or form lacking a clear structure or focus right that's amorphous and when you think of risk, I think people go, okay, the risk is the interest rate or the like whatever I'm paying the interest, I might lose the money, right? But there's the risk of, for me as a bike messenger, my bike getting stolen, my tire getting flat, uh, Uber changing how much they pay, the weather, uh, pff, uh, something, an event comes to the marathon in the city and I can't get to the orders and like, these are all the risk factors that come into play when I when I when I sit down at my computer and I go, okay, if I work every single day this week, I'll make two hundred dollars a day, and then at the end of the week, I will have fourteen hundred dollars. That is the math that myself and I'm assuming most other people do, right? 
all the other factors that I named are not included into or not calculated into that math that I'm doing on the front end on my computer. So now if I said, okay, my goal is to make $200 per day for the entire week every day, right? Off top, the first thing I should even be thinking about is how long can you work every single day all day long? Because that's the risk you got to account for. I might get tired and I want to go to work. So what number do I assign to that? And I'm not going to work. Because if I take off one day, just like that, I'm not getting the $200 number, right? So boom, there's that. Then I got to go, what's the weather like this week? If it's too sunny, I might not get no orders. I might not, I'm only get like five orders for the day, six orders for the day. Then I got to count for basketball. Like I love to play basketball. So now I'm going to the park. I'm not going to work as much. I'm playing basketball. So then I got to think about what if my bike gets stolen? I got to buy a lock for my bike. It, it might still get stolen. What if my battery break down? How many days am I out of work because my battery broke down? All these different factors come into play. Every single one of these factors come into play. And then, right, when I look at it from that perspective, $1,400 is not nearly enough money to account for all of those risk factors. Honestly, I would have to be something like $5,000. I would have to make five grand a week to account for all of these possible risk factors. And I didn't even include interest into that. And I didn't include if I get hurt riding my bike because now I can't work for three or four months. And that's when the $5,000 a week comes in because like it's accounting for the time period that I won't be able to work, whether it's raining, they change the price, I get hurt, my bike is stolen. If I'm making 5,000 a week, I'm like, you know what? I think I can survive all those things. I think I, if I made 20K this month off riding my bike and, and for whatever reason my bike got stolen, I could survive for several months. I'd be fine. On $1,400 though, absolutely not. And I, it's when I think about it from that perspective, right? As I'm saying, I'm going through it with y'all as I'm talking. I have to think about what number right now do I feel like is that number? Do you have a number in your mind that you think? That's what? That... If you were to account for all the risk factors that make you, even let's I'm trying to make it more personalized. If you were to account for all the things that make you feel uncomfortable in terms of, let's say, um, doing, a, doing another craft fair, whatever, right? How much money would you have to make per month at where you are right now for you to feel like it can cover any expense that you have that might possibly come up or any, any other expense, any possible issue whether it could be your period, whether it could be you're sick, whether it could be you don't want to go outside today, whether it be the, the inventory doesn't come in, what amount of money would you make every single month that you feel like would cover all of those things? Any risk, the casket, anything, anything, we evicted anything. A month? Okay, right. Now, if we look at it through that lens, it's no surprise that we are in a scenario that we're in with artists and fleas because they're not giving us 200K a month. So we're going to always have these problems because we're not making the amount of money that we actually need to make to be able to pay the real life expenses that are, that are amorphous that we can't really calculate. We can't put a number on certain things. So we have to go, okay, what number do we feel like will be right? We're like 200K. I, I agree. I think if we made 200K a month for two months, I, we would be pretty fine for the rest of the year. 
it, no matter if we got sick, no matter if the inventory didn't come in, we could fly to another country. We could go to California ourselves. And pick up the stuff yep. and drive it back. I could, we could take a road trip, get a big-ass bus, drive over there, drive back, and not worry about the cost of the bus, not worry about if we're late. Have somebody else drive it. We could pay the premium, have it overnight delivered for another three thousand dollars. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. We make it two hundred k a month, right? So when we run into little, I remember I, I had a joke with my sister before, and I was like, uh, "How to tell how broke you are, right?" And you can tell how broke you are by what what negative action. Destroys your life, like mess up your life, right? So, I remember joking with her, like I'm so broke that if I get a flat tire on my bike, my whole life is fucked up. My whole life, the thirty dollar tire or or two for the tire, my whole life is just is like in shambles. Like now I can't work. I don't have money saved up to get to deal with this. Nothing, right? And I think if people are looking at it from that lens. You can kind of see where you're at on the spectrum of whether or not uh, you are doing well, right? I think right now, for us to be something that messes up right now, it's like I think two grand. I think two grand is where we're at. Where if something like that happened, we'd be in shambles. Right? It's not a lot. It's more than the, the tire from before, but it's definitely not a lot. So I think that's where we're at right now. Um, so. I bring it back to the whole idea of debt. So I would, I really want to figure out how to, to like decrease debt and not have any more debt at all. And the, the framework I'm following right now is taking, going for singles. It's changing how I approach the game and being excited for the small wins because those will compound to bigger wins. Like I said, I think having uh, trying to hit 500k this year and trying to flip the house were two indicators for me that punching high it takes on more risk to do it because you have to you perfectly i think this will be a good example of it i think to punch higher than you are at you need leverage you have to have because you literally can't reach it you can't reach the goal that you have because it's too far away the only way to get this for somebody else to pick you up to get there whether it be you have employees whether it be you borrow money whether it be uh i think there's other forms of leverage i think this, those are the most important ones i'm thinking about right they have media and code whatever but whatever leverage you have you're using that to get you from here to here right The higher you have to stand on this other person's building is the more risk that you have of falling off, right? If I, if I'm on, right now I'm on 23rd floor, right? For me to get from here to the 24th floor is one floor for me. That's it. That is literally, honestly, I'll go to the roof. For me, from here to the roof is three floors to get to the roof, right? There is not a lot of issue for me to get from here all the way up there. I wouldn't even get tired getting up to the to the twenty to the roof, right? You can take I could walk. If I had to walk from the from the basement to the twenty fifth floor, I would be exhausted because I, it would require so much more work to get to the twenty fifth floor. But if I was, if you looked out the window, right? Let's say you were standing outside looking at us, you would see me on the roof, 
And you would look at me and go, oh my God, Donovan climbed that entire building from the basement. That's amazing, right? I'm like, bro, I only went three floors. It wasn't really I, I, it wasn't hard for me to get there. It's literally three floors above me. I walked up there. I didn't even sweat. I came back down. And I'm good. Now you have the other Donovan. He in the basement. He jogging up the stairs. He only on the 11th floor. He has another 16 more floors to go to get up to the top floor. Right? He gonna be sweating. He gonna be tired. He might stop. He might just lay on the floor, go to sleep. All of that. Right? So for me now, it's like okay. I have to operate and do well in the space that I'm in and not punch up, right? Punch where I'm at and beat the person in front of me here. Once I've learned the skill to beat this person, then I go to the next the next level. Then I fight whatever dragons or demons or whatever are there. Then I go to the next level. And to be honest, I'm, I don't know how true this is. I don't know if home runs, they probably feel good the person hitting them. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, I was just going to get into like real basketball, I mean, baseball analogies, but like the person that hits a lot of home runs, hits home runs, has probably practiced so much, a home, run, a home run for them is nothing. So to them, it's not really a home run. To them, it's like, if you throw it anywhere near where I can hit a home run, you fucked up. I'm hitting a home run. But if you ask me, Donovan Gray, to hit a home run, I will be swinging for my life as hard as I can. Every, I might throw on my shoulder. I might tear my my ankle, my Achilles, try to hit this home run. I'm like, I have, I don't have the strength to hit this home run. I never did this in my life. I don't know what it feels like to hit a home run. I don't know what it is. So I would, I would be leveraging myself so much to hit that home run. So that's what I feel like I'm at right now, and that is my new goal to work on with myself. It's like, okay, Donovan, just look at like. The small, get the small wins. Only get the, it don't matter about nothing else. Get a small win today and try and compound all the small wins and go from there. That's it. Because at, again, where are we at? We have 500K in debt and we are not going, we are, we are not skyrocketing, skyrocketing up. We're kind of like leveled and honestly, depending on how you look at it, because we don't do artists and fleas no more, our revenue will drop. So we're going like somewhat down a little bit and then we have to come back up. But we're going to have to figure out that if, if we're going down right now, we have to then rebuild going up very differently. So that we don't, we're not coming back down here again. So like I said, that has been what we've been working on this week. Hey everyone. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited and I'm going to tell y'all why why I'm excited. This week us being kicked out um I don't know. It doesn't feel it's weird. It's weird. You can you can always I know you can always find a positive negative outlook on things if you want to. So I doubt there's ever going to be a time that we're going to come on here and be like, oh my gosh, the world is ending. We don't know what to do. There's nothing else and we're done. So everything's always going to be positive. And I feel good. I feel really good. I feel really good. I'm excited. Like Donovan said, I've been looking into Pinterest now. I know I've, I've spoke about Pinterest before. And what changed my mindset, because I went from Pinterest to TikTok, right? I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to do the shorts. We're trying to do brand awareness, brand awareness. Y'all know. Y'all know what I'd be saying, brand awareness. So I was like, okay, where you get brand awareness on? You get it on TikTok, right? So then 
um, after talking to the guy and everything and listening the, to Donovan, he is right. Like what works on TikTok to really like be like sustainable and 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 have like a um repeatable amount of growth would be to kind of do the same thing have the same formula and then just change one variable which is like the person that you're talking to and i think i think that's a valid way and i think that's a um good strategy to grow on tiktok another thing too is that when i when the person who we were talking to did a search for candles on tiktok what kind of candles do you see so you if you look it up you'll see the candles that look like food You'll see the candles that I have like a lot of dyes in it or like they have like color changing flames and stuff like that. It's very much um, you can there's a visual aspect to it, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like um, there's a visual aspect to it. And it's kind of I don't want to use gimmicky. That's not the proper word. I would say it's themed. I would definitely say it's themed. So I think that in order to be successful on that platform that doesn't suit my skills the best so i'm really good at like designing or i like i'm like yeah how to make things look good and that visual aspect doesn't need to have a whole bunch of color it doesn't need to be like themed in order to be um to be picked up well or received well so i think that i would do better on the pinterest platform for that reason and also the demographic on that is more suited to the people that we are trying to sell to it's a bit of an older kind of demographic um they all have money like not yeah because pinterest is kind of like a planning app so it's kind of like how you plan this stuff with no money you know you know what i'm saying they're planning what their home decor is going to look like what their outfits are going to look like they're planning their skincare routine they're planning their vacation trips where they're going to go to and all that stuff so i think that it's just a platform for me to stay consistent on i would i want to give pinterest that um energy for myself and the last time donovan told me to stay consistent on something you know we got the candles because that's my problem i i'm not good at consistency so i'm going to be focusing on pinterest from now until the rest of the year i will not be focusing on anything else at all it's it's just going to be pinterest just going to be getting the pins out um what is required of me right now i'm thinking of doing five pins a day because they want you to make new content and the thing about pinterest that i like too is that it doesn't have to be videos me making five images is way easier than me making five pictures because i can use the same picture <laughs> i can use the same picture same image with a different font different color different design and it would still be a new piece of content so i'm very excited to kind of stretch um, stretch myself with that and i think there's a lot of tools on the platform like uh, there's a lot of tools that'll help you do well on pinterest like tailwind it'll help you come up with content to create it'll help you post it on a schedule and stuff like that um and it's just i feel like it's easier uh, in that sense so like whether or not it's easier i'm gonna have to stick to it until the end of the year so there's that but i am excited to move forward with it and i am excited to see what comes from it um because at the beginning of the year i don't even know if we really had a lot of traction on pinterest I don't know if we even had a Pinterest prior to this year. So right now we have almost we have almost 300 monthly viewers on Pinterest right now. And that's organically. 
And that's from the pins that I made earlier in the year when I was focusing on Pinterest. So, like I said, I'm ready to to give it my all to really go go d deep into it and 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 be consistent with it and figure that out. What else is going on? Um, I made a pitch deck. Uh, we now have a business plan. Our financials are isn't that crazy? <laughs> we now have a pitch deck. Uh, uh, business plan and our financial documents are in order in terms of like our P&Ls, our balance sheets, our in like all of that stuff is now in order um, for different reasons, for different things we are applying for. But now we have all that information. So going forward, you know, I'm still going to look for new opportunities, still going to look for new things that we could take advantage of. And a lot of the times, if you're looking for venture capitalists or different things like that, angel investors that don't want any equity or don't want any um or no, like no loans it's just free money they want to see your business plan they want to see your like they want to see that information so i'm very happy to have that the next thing that i want to come up with is a line sheet so that we can kind of you know pitch that to to different companies on the wholesale side but that's further down the line um yeah, I'm. We're like Donovan said, we're gonna be switching over to Shop Shopify, so that's a whole other thing in itself. So there's just a lot of things to be done. I'm. I feel very optimistic because I know that Donovan and I will come up with results. There hasn't been a thing that we've tried to do, started doing, that we haven't gotten results from. Whether it's completing it, whether it's, you know, it's just, so I'm, that's why I'm so optimistic about it. I truly feel like if we do what we need to do, we will get to where we're gonna, where we're trying to get to. So I'm still waiting to hear back to see if I'm officially moving forward as a finalist for the pitch competition. That's $30,000. I'm thinking about emailing them because as of right now, the competition would be in two weeks. And my pitch deck that I want to... Um, that I want to use for the competition, I still need to tweak. I need to go over a lot of... I need to add more numerical uh, facts in there. I want to I want to tell them like where we started from in terms of our products from this year because so far we started off with eight products and I think we added about 24 to the lineup since the beginning of the year. Honestly, it's probably more than that because we we added two additional sizes for the the candles. We added four scents. We added room sprays, perfumes. There's different types, so like there's a lot of different products that we have now, and the margins on those products have also fluctuated in a in a very positive way. Like not fluctuated, has decreased, decreased, increased. What that? Which one? We have better margins than we did before. So, way better margins. Our packaging is different. A lot of a lot of big differences. A lot of big changes. Um, the amount the, the amount that we've sold there's a lot of positive things just on a data just at looking at ember candle co on paper separate donovan separate melissa and what we what we our debt brings to the table the company itself is very very healthy so that 
puts me in an advantageous position because we are still a startup. We are still very young. We are still a very small business. But on the financial side of things, it is doing very, very well. Just very well in general, just period. Even when I was talking to the phone of the director, um, I was talking on the phone with the director of the program, and she was saying, like, I told her how much you made last year, how much you made this year, and how much you made our first year. And she was like, oh, my gosh, like, that's amazing. Like, that's not common. Like, that's not, I don't hear this often. And I'm like, I'm, I'm we know a lot of other businesses. Like, it's just... That's why I'm so confident and that's why I'm so excited to take it to the next level because I know you're gonna love the product when you get it. I know you're gonna love the service. I know you're gonna love how it makes you feel. Like we're just trying to elevate everything to the point where I visually see it or Donovan visually sees it in our head. So I'm just really excited about that. I feel like I have a good chance of winning the 30,000 um, once that competition comes up. So, you know, fingers crossed, I make it to the next round. We will be back here next week. You can find all the behind the scenes content on our social medias. You have Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A. What, D-O-N-I-V, oh yeah, I was pulling right. <clears throat> I'm trying to say it like you. <laughs> you have Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y. And then you have me, Melissa Burnett. And you can follow me at A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. So, you already know what time it is. Bamboo Project, hashtag 2023. And with that being said, <laughs> Bamboo Project out.